Welcome back. This is the House Call Crease. I'm here with my boys Gage and Ian, and we're going to go through some crazy stuff that's happened before the trade deadline. We've got a cane watch going on right now. My boy Ian's checking Instagram on the regular, trying to make sure that we don't miss this cane transaction. If it happens today, we've been hearing it's 99% possible that it goes down very, very soon, and it's looking like he's probably going to the Rangers. They're just looking for some cap help from an an outside team there and we're going to see how that goes but let's get into it obviously there's been some signings and some injuries we want to touch on real quick so Tyler Mott traded to the New York Rangers for uh, Julian uh, Gauthier in 2023 seventh rounder Uh, we also have the Blues for let's see here Dyson Mayo traded to Vegas in exchange for a Shea Weber's contract in the 2023 fifth Ottawa trades Nikita Zatsev is 2023 second and a 20. 26th fourth Chicago for future considerations. Montreal claims Chris Tierney off waivers from Florida. Guys, which one of these signings do you think is the most impactful for the team or the best move so far? Um, I think the most impactful move that we that you just discussed, I'd say probably. Probably Tyler Mott, to be honest with you. Mott's a very good player. You can plug him into your bottom six, and he's probably going to be the hardest-working guy on the team. He played for the Rangers last year, um, was very good in the playoffs for them, one of their many additions. And uh, he's always been a forward that you've wanted on your team and is just so hard to play against and you wish you had him. So I really like that move. Um, On the flip side, I also like Ottawa getting rid of Nikita Zaitsev, because Zaitsev's just not a very good defenseman. Um, That's going to help Chicago with their tank, and Chicago get some assets back to take him. So, I mean, I like the move for both teams. Ottawa's trying to be competitive. Chicago's trying to tank, and I think this helps both parties. On the flip side, I think Dyson Mayo going to Vegas would really help him if he'd sign with, like, Kraft Foods or something get his own condiment like mayo thing but that's that's just a joke though uh what about you gage uh i'd be hard pressed not to agree with the tyler mock going to the rangers being the biggest out of those uh improvised rangers are making a lot of moves they are in good seating for the playoffs right now and they are getting that added depth at and someone who's gonna give you those hard minutes on the fourth third or fourth line where you plug them in and the Rangers at this point have the talent, but they just needed that depth in all lines to because re- that's what wins you playoff series is your depth, especially when the injuries start hitting late in the season, people are worn down, and it's those down bottom six that really give give you that edge when you come into playoff series, and that's what they went out and did, and I think it's one of the better moves they've made in the off season. I mean, not off season, trade deadline. Yeah, I mean, it's a really good pickup, especially when you think how the Rangers are trying to uh, solidify themselves for a playoff run here, get some people. We've obviously saw the Tarasenko acquisition, now the Mod acquisition, and then obviously we just discussed how Patrick Kane is looking like he's possibly going to be in that on that team and on that bench here soon as well. They're really buying full in for a run here, and I think that it's it's uh, definitely working out in their, their favor. Obviously, you know, he, he's going to cost a little more money than what they gave up salary-wise, but his contract still fit, fits very snugly into their cap room that they have there uh so it's it's a really good trade for a team that's definitely buying all in for a playoff push here and trying to make a stanley cup finals and and bring home a trophy so i definitely like that let's go ahead and transition here more to the injury standpoint so islanders forward matt barzal out definitely indefinitely with upper body injury unknown if he'll play uh and return this season whatsoever uh we also have let's see here we got uh Cole of Perfetti expected to miss at least eight weeks with an upper body injury. Uh, and Montreal defenseman Chris Weidman out week to week with upper body injury. And Predators forward Ryan Johansson out 12 weeks after surgery on right leg. Guys, which one of these injuries is the most impactful for their team? Uh, I easily got to say it's between <clears throat> Ryan Johansson and I can't pronounce his last name for Winnipeg. First name Cole. Um, <laughs> uh, Johansson, I, it's a huge dent into Nashville's scoring. He's been the best player on that team for years now. And I think if they were in better position for a playoff run, it would 
hurt more, but they're really on the fringe. I don't think they make a push. They didn't really do much of the trade deadline, and I don't think they're really going to buy in. It's going to be impactful if they were to start winning some games, and he's not there. He's out for almost the entire season, rest of the season at this point. Um, Bazal is going to hurt the Islanders, but they, especially Bo Horvat, I'm still eating my words on that trade, <laughs> have worked out tremendously for the Islanders. And it's going to hurt because he puts up a lot of points for Islanders and has been big guy on that team for playoff runs. But I think they have enough people around it. It's not going to affect them as much. And they're still going to have that push. And Winnipeg it needs all the help they can get right now. After, especially uh, after the goaltending night Hallenbeck had last night against the Avs, it's it's looking rough that they're going to need offensive support to outscore people at this point. And I don't know if they can survive doing that for the next 20 games in the season. It's just not a feasible way to continue to be in playoff standing. Yeah, absolutely. I think that you're right there. Uh, Ian, what do you think, man? It's a toss-up for me between Barzell and Perfetti. I think Winnipeg can outscore their problems. The problem is they're not an offensive juggernaut. They're a defensive-minded team, and their structure, uh, they don't have a ton of high-end defensemen outside of Josh Morrissey. They've got that. They've got a ton of forwards, so I think they can make up the absence of Cole Perfetti. Um, I think they can score enough goals without him, uh, but that's still a huge loss. I think Barzal's the big one for me. Barzal's the best player on the Islanders, and it's not even close. He's their best passer. He's one of the best playmakers in the league, and he's the one of the best skaters in the NHL. So for a team that's trying to make a playoff push that already has, like, I forget, I think it's five games played more than the Sabres who are making a push watch out for them um I think that's going to be a huge blow to them and their playoff chances especially if Barzell can't come back yeah I mean I was just checking the standings right now and honestly the Islanders are you know they've played 62 games so far they're at 67 points uh only three points ahead of Buffalo who's only who's played five less games they're only three points ahead of Detroit who's played five less games and they're three points ahead of Florida who's played one less game and Pittsburgh quietly is only is only uh let's see here four games back or four points back and they've played five less games so the Islanders could quickly find themselves if you know they're not able to carry the load out of the wild card really, really quickly. And to look at the Jets, I mean, they're in a similar situation. They got 71 points right now. But, you know, you look at the wild card and you look at some of these points totals. I mean, Colorado and Seattle are right there, 70, 69. I mean, there's a chance that you see some of these guys drop because of these points totals. I mean, Minnesota's right there as well at 70. So, I mean, Winnipeg, you're talking about them in a close race in the, in the central there. Dallas at 72, Winnipeg at 71, Minnesota at 70. And if they don't, rebound well from this it's done and so i mean i would feel like maybe the johansson uh, injury was a little more you know impactful but i just don't see you know where nashville's at they're just out of reach from for most of this. i mean they're seven points back of colorado they've played the same amount of games and they're eight points back of seattle and seattle's played two more games than them so i think that you know if they were a little closer in that wild card uh, chase right there. I might think that Johansson injury was a little more impactful, but I'm right there with you guys. The Jets and the Islanders have huge questions now for their playoff hopes and their seeding chances, depending on how everything works out for them based on these injuries. But let's go ahead and move on to our main topics of the evening. And we're going to talk about my Bruins, and I do think they're my Bruins. I love my Bruins, obviously. They're full bought in. This, this is a 100% buy-in for a Stanley Cup championship for the best team in hockey, and they've been the best team in hockey all year, and they just got more depth. And we were talking about how much depth they had in general in the first place. But they trade for Dmitry Orlov and Garnett Hathaway, they, and they send Craig Smith, a 2023 first, and a 2025 second, and a 2024 third to the Capitals, and they send a 2023 fifth to the Wild to take twenty or to take twenty five percent of Orlov's contract, while Washington ret- retains fifty percent of Orlov's car- contract, valued at one point two seven five million dollars, is what all Boston's going to pay him. All right, so Boston gets two very good role players 
to round out their depth. They lose Craig Smith. Obviously, Boston sent a nice heartfelt thing out there for them. But does this make Boston unanimously Stanley Cup favorites, more so than they were before? I believe it does. If I'm being honest with you, I, if they weren't before, I think it does. I think what Boston did was shore up their depth, which is all they really needed to do. I mean, you add a third defenseman in Dmitry Orlov, who has Stanley Cup experience, won it with the Capitals in 2018. It was actually a pretty big part of that run. Um, he's solid defensively. Again, something that Boston just likes to uh, clint clamp down i'm trying to find the right word for it but uh (laughs) he doesn't need to be that number one or even number two defenseman because boston already has those guys and charlie mcavoy and hampus lindholm he's just a role player there and he's a good one at that very physical uh the other thing is with both of these guys they're boston players these guys are both extremely physical they play that boston type of hockey that just fits in with the culture over there garnet hathaway in particular he's a he's a brawler He's a scrapper. He's going to give you – he's an energy guy who's going to give you 100% every night, and he's going to go out and do the dirty work for you. So I do like this trade for the Boston Bruins. Yeah, I mean, they gave up some future assets, but, I mean, the cap – the the money's right for them. They were able to get these guys in a, in a cap-friendly situation. Obviously, having a lot – like 75% of Orloff's contract taken out of house is a big, big – you know, that's a big deal right there for them. They're able to do that. They're a full buy-in. They're trying to get Bergeron, you know, Pasternak, Marchand, these guys, you know, their final ride into the sunset here. And there's a big thing that, you know, if they this could be Bergeron's last year. And I think that, you know, they're just full bought in on getting a guy who's been the just the pinnacle of Boston hockey and, and Bergeron one last, you know, you know, shot at, at a Stanley Cup. And I am all for it. Bergeron is my favorite player, has been for pretty much the entire time he's been a hockey player. I just absolutely am a massive, you know, fangirl for, for Patrice Bergeron, bro. I'm not going to lie. All right. Like I don't blame the, you. I, I, the guy just does, plays hockey at his, in his position, the best you could possibly do it. And, you know, he's not, he's never been a really big flashy goal scorer. You know, it's never really put up a lot of points, but when it comes to playing the sport of hockey, Bergeron is, you got to put him up there with some of the best, but we're, we're going to say, since we've already pretty much said that Boston is unanimous favorites for the Stanley Cup, we're going to go ahead and talk about our playoff predictions right now. Obviously, we're coming down to the home stretch. Playoffs are going to be starting here soon. But we want to see if the playoffs started today, who do we think is moving on? Now, clearly, we have, there's some question marks going in. You know, the standings aren't going to go out. And we've discussed, should we go round by round? Should we just talk about the Stanley Cup finals? Guys, I'm going to let you guys tell me what we're going to do. Are we going to go round by round, or are we going to start at the Stanley Cup and just pick our two guys? from the West and from the, uh, from the East. I pick I, round by I, round. I go round by round as well. Also, round by before, round. We get in, before we get into it, um, going back to the trades, um, I would completely different view from Boston buying in with Pasternak's contract coming up as well. It's a surprising sell by Washington. Yeah, it that really shows, is. Because <clears throat> they were not far out from a playoff spot. No. A week and a half ago. I mean, they're still not far out right now. Ovi had family issues and had to leave. And it it packed him on the ice. Hope him and his family are also doing well with everything going on. Sidebar. Uh, But they just now sold and were like ready for next year now. Which I was surprised they did when they did it. And still have a decent chance of still making the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, they're only five points out from the Islanders right now, who we already discussed is having, you know, some concerns there. Uh, They're two points out from Buffalo. And, you know, they've played 60 games. They've played three more games in Buffalo, but they're right there. And you're right. It is a really strange sell. And I think that they were looking at it from a standpoint of, you know, they're aging. Their, Their core is older. And they weren't going to be able to get anybody to really compete with some of these other teams. And I think that it's the the old adage of do you sell a year early or do you sell a year late? And I think they looked at the teams out there who were, you know, at the trade deadline, we're going to be really coming after some talent. And they said, we have talent. We have guys. We just don't have the collection to go for a Stanley Cup run. And they said, so we could sell these guys early. And, I mean, they got a haul. They got a 2023 first. They got Boston's first-round pick. 
they got in this this draft coming up. They got the 2025 second round second rounder from Boston, and they got the 2024 third rounder from Boston. So, I mean, they got a collection of draft picks, and they're holding on to some salary to, to, to get some extra stuff there as well. And it gets them started on next year instead of trying to, you know, vie for possibly the best they could have done with what the, the last wild card, and you have a first-round matchup with Boston anyway. Yeah. Like, that's rough. And I think now they they were just looking at, like, you know, we can either limp into the playoffs, hurt ourselves – you know, for draft positionment and prospects and things like that. Or we can set ourselves up for the future because the best you're going to do is get swept in the first round. And and I think that, that was something that the organization had been considering for probably the last couple of weeks, the way the playoffs were looking and the seating was looking. Boston wasn't slowing down. And, you know, that's what they're. I am looking at it right now. I mean, you, you can't tell me, like, Buffalo looks dangerous, but at the same time, you can't tell me they're looking right now and just like, please, please, please let the Islanders slip a little bit. So we do yeah. not have to go to Boston in the first round, because I think if Buffalo can get out of the, can get out of the first round, they're going to make cause some problems in in the East. I think they're going to, but they do I, not. I don't think there's any team right now who's like, oh yeah, I want Boston round one. Yeah, not at all. just no. just let me see. I mean, that that no. that does not sound like a good time. <laughs> yeah, so I, I mean, it also didn't help the Metro Division just never slowed down. No. No, like no team in that entire division slowed down at all, which is absolutely insane. Not. I mean, it's absolutely crazy. I mean, you got Carolina at 86, New Jersey at 81, Boston at 93, Toronto at 80. So, I mean, that right there, all those guys would pretty much – not even pretty much. Those four teams I just mentioned would all push the top four teams down. In the West, yeah. <laughs> like no joke about it. <laughs> I mean, the West so, is garbage I mean, this year. So, I mean, yeah, I, it, it's t- it's definitely tighter in the West than it is. I, actually, I can't even say that because it looks like it might be tight. I don't know. It's going to be crazy I, coming I, into the playoffs, man. I think in, our, in our playoff projections, it's going to come out what we really think about the West versus the East. Yeah, pretty quick. yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, well, I mean, with that being said, do we even want to talk about the West? Do we even care how the West comes out for this, or should we just talk about? I mean, the East we want to. We want to Stanley, see who. <laughs> we obviously want to see who the East gets to beat in the finals. So. Yeah. So we'll play it. So I tell you what, we'll start with the Western Conference, the way it sits right now. The best team in the West is currently the is is Vegas at seventy five points. Okay, they're they're the number one team, followed by Los Angeles. And then you what got Edmonds. They got 74 points. Dallas is 72. Oh, Lord. Edmonton and Dallas are tied at 72. Then you got Winnipeg at 71 and the Minnesota Wild at 70. All right. And then you got Seattle at 70 and Colorado at 69. The, that let, is the way it, it rounds out right now. We let the Oilers jump us. We're trash. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So here we go. This is, how, this is how it breaks down right now. Okay, so you got Vegas. Currently, they're going to be inviting Colorado to Las Vegas. And then you got Seattle's going to Los Angeles. No, Seattle would be going to Dallas. Down, going to Dallas, that's correct. And then, let's see here. So Seattle goes to Dallas. And then we got Los Angeles and Edmonton and Winnipeg and Minnesota then? Yep. Yeah. Is that we're looking here? That's what we're looking at. All right. So we'll go ahead and start at the top. Vegas, Seattle. Who you guys Seattle. got? Seattle. Seattle. Okay. Vegas, Colorado. Oh. Or Vegas, yeah, Vegas, Colorado. My bad. My bad. You're doesn't, right. Doesn't change my answer. It's Colorado. Colorado over Vegas. Colorado. You feel the same way? I, I don't even think it's close. Vegas and five. Vegas and five. Okay. Okay. Colorado's too injured. I, I feel the same way. Colorado's been dealing with injuries and stuff all year. They haven't looked like the Stanley Cup champions that, that they were last year. And I think that the Golden Knights take advantage of that. Knights. Vegas is also hurt, but I'm saying Avs in six. Avs in six, Knights in five. Know. I don't know. I like Vegas's team structure better than Colorado's. But, I mean, if it comes down to high-end talent, Colorado's probably got it because I like McKinnon better than Eichel. Oh, yeah. So I will say that, that Vegas is scoring more goals, but Colorado is allowing fewer goals. So... Yeah. It, one team's playing a little better defense than the other one. I, 
Colorado is playing the better defense. So defense wins championships. I'm, I'm, I'm changing. I'm going Colorado. I'm with the, I'm with Gage now. You got me. You I think it me. ultimately comes down to whose goaltender is better yeah. in that series. Yeah. Because I haven't really liked uh, who's playing in goal for Colorado. Kemper? Yeah, or, uh, no, yeah I don't. Actually, no, I he's for, he plays for the Capitals. Yeah. And who's? Uh, I can't even think of who's in that for the <laughs> Avalanche right now. I like I like Logan Thompson, a healthy Logan Thompson over whoever the Colorado Avalanche have. But that doesn't mean anything if Vegas doesn't show up in the playoffs. So the current goaltenders for Colorado for 2023, from what I'm seeing here, let me, let me make sure here. Here. Uh, Alexander, I'm going to butcher that. <laughs> Gorgive, Pavel, Francos, Justin Anunit, and Jonas Johansson. You can stop right there. That is trash. <laughs> Most games play right now is Alexander uh, Gorgive. Oh, 40. Yeah, no, he's not carrying them through a playoff series. He's got a, he's got a, he's got a ninety two or nine one nine save percentage. I don't. That's I saw Gorgiev in the Rangers, and I don't trust him. I just All don't right. trust him. I like Francois better than Georgiev. So, 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 final, final call here. We're going to go through it. Whoever, the majority moves the team on. Avalanche, Golden Knights. Gay okay, still got the Av. I've been flip flopping. Ian, who you still got the Knights? Yeah, I still got the Knights. Home court's going to win it for me. I'm going Knights. Home ice, best ice. Knights move on. Show that one seed isn't a fluke. All right, let's go ahead. Ian, it is your Dallas Stars against the Seattle Kraken. I'm going to let you start us off, man. Who moves on? This is going to hurt, but I've got Seattle sweeping them. Ooh. 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 Unless Jake Ottinger, <laughs> unless Jake Ottinger can play like he did in the playoffs last year, Seattle, in my opinion, has probably the deepest team in the Western Conference. I don't see okay. a weakness on that roster. I think Seattle would beat Dallas in four or five, and that hurts. That really hurts. I'm a Dallas fan, so I hate saying yeah, that. I said you're Dallas Stars, man. Gage, who you got in this? Uh, I'm wearing I'm wearing the Kraken hoodie, so like, there's my yeah. answer. But I'm the I same the, way. The only sweep that's gonna happen is our sweeping that they're moving on in this segment. But yeah, I mean, I, I thought I thought six, maybe five. You know, I got him. I got. Best. I have him in. I have him in a seven game series. I okay. have it going the distance. But again, the depth is gonna carry this team. Especially in long series, and yeah. they are—I've went to a couple games this season. They are a very good team, and they're gonna go far in the playoffs. I truly gonna make a run. All right, so Seattle moves on. Dallas, unanimous here. You guys are out of the playoffs. Now we have Rip. you guys want to do Winnipeg, Minnesota, or Los Angeles, Edmonton? Oh, give me LA, Edmonton. Gilead, right, LA, Edmonton again. All right, LA, Edmonton, going at it. Who's moving on? Edmonton, LA, Edmonton. the Kings, the Kings look at the plus minus. They're slipping too. They're not going to go into the playoffs hot. Edmonton is going in blazing hot. They have the best player in hockey on that team. And another top three skater in the NHL on the same line. Like their goaltending is suspect as always, but I don't see the Kings. Their goaltending is also a big question mark this year. And I'm going to again plus minus the biggest factor. They're going yeah. to slip maybe to a wild card at the end of the season too. I don't have any faith. I'm going to say Edmonton is six. All right, Ian, you you with Edmonton as well? Connor McDavid in five. Connor McDavid in five. I'm with you guys. I think the Oilers are definitely doing this. It is an Edmonton sweep here at the crease. Moving on, let's the go Kings ahead. Kings are and look this the- year's Vikings of the NHL. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. I can get on board Oof. with that. Oof. That's rough. Uh so let's go ahead. Last last matchup of the first round. Winnipeg, Minnesota. Who you got? I got Winnipeg and six. 
Winnipeg got, in six. I think uh, Winnipeg's just got higher end talent on the offense side of the puck. They've got better forwards. Um, I don't like their defense. Neither team has a great defense, but I think it comes down to forwards and goaltending, and I'm taking Hellebuck over whoever the Minnesota Wild have. Uh, oof. This is probably the close, going to be the closest first-round series in the West, I think. I have it going to seven. I have Minnesota going in seven. Ooh. I do not trust Halibut in net for a series. He still has not proven he can play in the playoffs. What do you and mean he hasn't proven he can play in the playoffs? I I don't think he can carry a seven game series. We Especially, saw him in 2018 though against when they went to the conference finals. That was a much better team in front. That of really them. was a much better team. <laughs> much better team <laughs> in front of them. I mean, I'm kind of with Gage here. I mean, we were just talking about the Perfetti injury as being one of the most impactful ones on for, for a team. And, you know, I think that that's going to be a big problem. I mean, you're starting to have some injuries to some important people on your on your roster there in Winnipeg. And I think that's why the Wild are going to do this. I'm with Gage. I think the Wild move on. That, that's where I'm at. I, you're, you're on your own on this one, man. So it's not unanimous, yeah. but the Minnesota Wild, according to the crease, move on, beat the Jets. So that leaves... We have Minnesota, Vegas, Edmonton, Seattle, and Colorado all advancing. We do. So what's? Yeah, Seattle advanced. Colorado advanced. Or no, no, I have Vegas. My bad. Two. Vegas Golden Knights advanced. I apologize. One, Colorado. Two, yeah. So it's Vegas, Edmonton, uh, Seattle, uh, Minnesota, and Seattle. So that puts us. What Seattle goes. Seattle would go to Minnesota, Minnesota, and Vegas and Edmonton would play. Vegas and Edmonton. At All right, Vegas. which one you guys want to start with? I'm going to get the easy one out of the way. Uh, Seattle, Minnesota. Seattle, Minnesota. Okay, let's get the easy one out of the way. Seattle, Minnesota. Seattle, Seattle, Seattle and five. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, then I have, I'm with you guys, man. If you guys are going to do it in, in like unison, i got to go Seattle and five as well. I can't. That was perfect. So Seattle moves on. Western Conference Finals matchup there, right? Now let's talk about Edmonton, Vegas. Obviously not the easy one here. Edmonton and six. Edmonton and six. Connor, they've got Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. I'd never want to bet against Connor McDavid in the playoffs again after what happened last year. <laughs> I, I'm going to agree with Ian here. I have Edmonton in seven. I think it's going to be a deep series, especially a competitive conference series. <sighs> their back, their defense and goaltending is rough, but no team's going to outscore that. I, yeah. Especially Vegas. No, no team's going to outscore them. They're, they're moving on in my mind. So I'm going to be right there with you guys. Uh, you can't go against what Connor McDavid is doing right now. And if there's a, if there was a hockey player on the ice right now for any team that can carry them to the promised land, it's probably that man. <laughs> so I'm right there with you. So that means our Western Conference matchup is Seattle and Edmonton, which that, that's tough. You guys <laughs> got man. Tough. <laughs> Ian looks like he's about to have a heart attack. Of his brains about to melt out of his ears. He's like, oh, God, yeah, my oh, head's man. about to explode. But <laughs> I'm going Seattle in seven. Yeah, oh, that's what man. I was going to do. It's, the, it's, the, seven. it's not betting against so much Connor McDavid because he's going to get his. He's going to get his oh, no yeah. matter what. Yeah. You team and defense, goalie, you put in front of him. He's going to get his in a series, especially a long series. But who else? He's, but at that point in the playoffs, I don't think he can do it by himself. He's going to mm-hmm. be tired. The whole team's going to be worn down. We and saw what happened Seattle last year. has that insane amount of depth that can go three playoff series and still have decent legs on them. And I think that's what pushes them over the top. But it's going to be a long series. It's going to be a long, close seven-game series, but I have Seattle going. I have so to we got two Seattles. Okay. So Seattle is representing the Western Conference for the Stanley Cup. That's what we're saying here. Yep. I'm not wearing the hoodie for that's no what reason. I got. The wild card <laughs> Seattle Kraken are gonna run the table yep. <laughs> and make the Stanley Cup finals. Second I've year seen in the it league. happen. They're doing it. Second okay. year in the league. 
I mean, we right. saw an, we saw an eight seed Nashville go to the finals. So I mean, hey, it's never the out Kings, of the realm of possibility. The first round, first run for the Kings in a cup in twenty twelve. They were an eight that, seed. That was the best run of all time. So not that, only because they were an eight seed, insane. because they only lost four games. And like, I'm a Devils fan, and that twenty twenty Stanley Cup, that team they put on the ice was insane. The physicality and that Kings team in twenty twelve. That team was so big. Kopitar, Dowdy, Dwight King, D- Dustin Trevor Brown. Lewis, Dustin, Dustin Brown. Brown. Dustin Big. Brown was the best player, was the best forward in that playoffs. The best player in that playoffs was Jonathan Quick. But Man had, was I think he was averaging over eight hits a game as a forward. I know. He, that was, that was the most physical team I've ever seen play in the play. If we wanted to go most dominant runs of in my Walker lifetime, teams. I'd say the Kings and the last year's avalanche because they yeah. they had the exact same record on their way to the finals so i, I mean, give it to yeah. the kings too because they were that wild card team that were the number one they were the president's trophy team yeah. so like yeah one and the other <laughs> who had the tougher road well speaking yeah. of tougher roads we're about to discuss probably one of the toughest eastern conferences we've seen in a hot minute um so obviously the Bruins are the one. You got Carolina, New Jersey, Toronto, Rangers, Tampa Bay. And then you got Islanders and right now Buffalo would be your second wild card. So Buffalo Cross my is, fingers. Buffalo's going to Boston. The Islanders are going to Carolina. New Jersey versus the Rangers. Toronto versus Tampa. Where do you guys want to start? I say start with Boston. No, these are going to be easy, except for the Boston one. So so we're going to start with Boston, and do we even need to discuss it, or is this is this just a unanimous? No, we need to discuss it because I have a hot take. (laughs) Oh, okay. I'll let you go first, then, man. Yeah, go first. No, I want to save the hot take for last. I want to get y'all's opinion out of the way first. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Well, Well, I I honestly we know where you're going. They got so much depth. (laughs) They have the best goalie in hockey right now. They have the best team in hockey right now. They have some of the best lines in hockey right now. They're absolutely dominating every single statistical category you could possibly throw up on a board right now. I just don't think that there's a team, if they're playing healthy and, and, and good hockey, the way that they've shown they've been able to do, that can beat them. And I think that they're going to – I don't think they're going to sweep Buffalo. I got I got Boston in five. I also have Boston in five for reasons stated above. And the Sabres team is their first time there in a long, long time. Yeah, they don't but have the experience. I've they're scary though. Five. They're they're no, definitely they're, scary. They're playing very like, very like, good. Hockey. Out of all of all the, of, of any team that can make the wild card right now, Buffalo is the most terrifying. Craig Anderson <laughs> standing on his head in goal right now. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see the game he played against Florida last night? I no, did. I, I missed it. it nuts. They do need another goaltender. I'd say if you're going to watch for Buffalo to get a goaltender, just off topic, I'd say yeah. maybe watch them try to get UC Soros from Nashville. That's a little, that may be a little crazy sounding, but Nashville does have a good goaltending prospect in Yaroslav Askarov, and they're not looking yeah. to make a push for the playoffs right now. Yeah. So, I mean, Craig Anderson Soros. Is not young. He's not young. No, Craig Anderson's the oldest player in the league. Hockey. Phenomenal <laughs> hockey. Phenomenal he is. Hockey. He is. But uh, here's my thing. I, w- I do think Boston will win in seven, but I could also see Buffalo winning in five or six. And for reasons – I saw your reasons stated above. The only argument I have against is this was the exact same argument everybody had for Tampa in 2018-19, the team that won 62 games – and they got swept in the first round by Columbus, a team, mind you, that had never won a playoff series in their existence. That wasn't a bad team. That wasn't a bad team, mind you. That team had Panarin, Duchesne, Zach Wierenski, and Seth Jones, and Sergei Bobrovsky. But I don't know. Like th- My other argument against Boston, and I don't want to make one because I do think they're the best team in hockey this year, how much gas are they going to have left in the tank when they get to the playoffs if they're going this hard every night? Because now everybody's going to know what you're going to bring, whereas a team that may be coasting 
can turn on that next gear when they get to the playoffs. Like we've seen, like most of the time, most of the time we see teams that get to the finals are the two or the three seed. So, I mean, um, that's just my argument against Boston. But yeah, I could see, I could realistically see the series going either way. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna be honest with you. I've watched some some Bruins hockey, obviously, because I'm a Bruins fan, and it doesn't look like they're act. It looks effortless the way they're playing hockey right now. It it literally looks effortless. Like they they play kind of coasting hockey for one two periods, and then they just show up and they're like, "Oh, we're gonna drop four goals on you now." And they're like, eh, okay, we're good now. <laughs> we're up four to two. It doesn't matter anymore. Whatever. And that's how they've kind of played. They're just like, you know, they're coasting when they want to coast. And they're then they're like, well, we don't want to lose this game either. So we're going to go ahead and score a couple goals on you real quick. And then uh, we'll coast the rest of the way and not really worry about it. Because we know we got a brick wall in, in back there in goal. So I don't have to worry about it. You know, and that's kind of what they've been doing. I, they, like Whether it's Swayman or uh, Olmark back there. They're both really, really good. We're talking about, you know, having an extra goalie. I mean, you can, like, Swayman or Olmark in that net any given night, and I feel very confident in the at Boston team. I don't know. I, I think that they are playing the best hockey possible, and they make it look easy. And, and it's different when you're grinding and you have to grind for wins, but these guys aren't, aren't grinding for wins. This is, this is a team that is making it look very, very effortless, have 93 points and a plus 93 goal differential right now. Like, yeah, they have tons of depth, tons of depth. I, d- I just don't know if the energy problem is going to be there for this team. They because do. We'll of- see. We'll see come playoff time. I, I picked Boston, but I also said I could see Buff. It, it could go either way. It'll be interesting. I'm, I'm Eastern, nervous. Like you said, Buffalo is the team this that if the they get scary. in, is the one that scares me to death if I'm a fan of an Eastern Conference team. Also, this is a hypothetical if the season ended today. I don't see the Buffalo in the, in the second wild card spot either. Having to go no, to I think they're, they're going to be one. I think they're going to be yeah, one. They're probably the first wild card. I think Detroit would be the second wild card. Yeah, the Islanders may fall here a little bit. But let's go ahead and look at the next matchup. That is the Islanders and Carolina. Who do you got? Carolina in five. Carolina okay. five. I'm right there with you. The Islanders, obviously, you know, they're trying to make some moves, but every time they make an addition, they take they something hurt. away. Yeah. And it happens not to, not, too often. not to knock the Islanders in the playoffs because they're a force in the playoffs. We've seen it for years, but it's not this year. It's not. Yeah. I think so. It's a Carolina team. Yeah. They just play the same style of hockey. And if you play that same style of hockey, it comes down to your talent pool. And I think Carolina's got more of it. Yeah, for sure. And Carolina, you know, there there's a lot of people who, you know, Carol, for as dominant as Boston has, has been, Carolina is right there uh, right now this year. It has been rather impressive just how many teams in the East have been this dominant. Now, I'm going to go, we're going to move on because obviously Carolina, we've, we've unanimously picked Carolina to win this series. We're going to move to Toronto and Tampa Bay and we're going to save Gage's New Jersey Devils for last. So Toronto and Tampa, who you guys got? Tampa and seven. Tampa and seven. I'm right I there with you. I don't do trust, the trust the Leafs. I don't trust the Leafs. I don't trust the Leafs. Do not trust the Leafs. I've never They're, trusted the Leafs. We, we've <laughs> never bet on the Leafs. Never. We've seen the, we've seen the narrative before. They're the better team. 100% they are the better team. But they can never Are get the it together. The playoffs is the question. <laughs> yeah. No, that's just that on paper uh, during the regular season they are the better team. Yeah, on paper if, they're the better team. On paper they're, they're the better there's team. No, there's no reason they should lose this. I will never ever bet against Tampa Bay ever. It's more not against betting against Tampa Bay. It's betting for Toronto. In yeah, the I will never bet for Toronto. I think it's both. I think it is it's a both because you can't you can't bet against Tampa Bay and you can't bet for Toronto. So, I mean, yeah, the yeah, answer's clear. Yeah, yeah, Tampa Bay. So here we go. Final matchup of the first round in the East: New Jersey Rangers. And Gage, it's your Devils, buddy. Go Let's ahead, Gage. What do you got? Um, 
this is spoken with a Patrick Kane-less New York Rangers <laughs> <laughs> at the moment. Um, the Tarasenko trade was huge for the Rangers. They're playing great hockey. Um, <clears throat> the Devils are also playing outrageous hockey all year. I thought they would be a bottom five team again this year. Had very little hopes, and especially not this. Especially not 81 points through the first three quarters of the season. Wasn't ready for it. Was not expecting it. Uh, the team is super young. Super young Devils team. Um, Jack Hughes is playing out of his mind. Out of his mind for how young he is. Um, the Devils keep finding ways to win hockey games, but you don't win playoff series that way. And their goaltending is suspect at best. Suspect at best. I got Rangers in six. I've got the Rangers in seven. I just think that the experience on that team, especially with them going to the conference finals, you look at that top six, uh, your first line is potentially, after they get the Kane trade done, your first line's Panarin, Zabanajad, Patrick Kane. Your second line is Chris Kreider, Vinny Trocek, and uh, Vladimir Tarasenko. That's not easy to play against. you got scoring, you got size, you got speed, all the way up and down the lineup. And you've got playoff experience, which the Devils don't. Like, they can match the Rangers in speed. I don't think they'll have a problem keeping up, but I think physicality-wise, I think the Rangers have the edge, especially on the back end and in goal. I think yeah, Shesterkin I... is far superior to, the de- to uh, I think, Vanacek is the all yeah, starter it, this it's year. A, it's a rotating cast of uh, Black- Mackenzie Blackwood and Vitek and Schmidt. Like, we've had three goalies play, I think, over 10 games this year. Y'all need prime Corey Schneider back. <laughs> We need we need prime Martin Brodeur back if we're gonna make a run. Like basically, what I'm yeah. hearing is it sounds a lot like the New Jersey Devils are going to be suffering from a "we're just happy to be here" syndrome kind of thing because yeah. obviously yeah. no one thought they were <laughs> yes. going to be. This in, is the you know this is the proverbial "get your butts kicked" year. Yeah, th- th- this is uh, we're just happy we got a chance to uh, to represent New Jersey here uh, uh, today, uh, kind of series. So, but this is a bright future for the Devils. Do not take anything. If you're a Devils fan, do not take anything away from this negatively. Being young and getting your ass kicked by a team that has a lot of veteran presence and bought into try to win the Stanley Cup championship is nothing to like, you know, shake your head at or you know, it's it's, it's not a bad thing because this is experience. This is vital experience. These guys are going to get, and they're only going to come back better. And so I'm with you guys. The Rangers are winning this series. I like the Devils. I really do. I think that, you know, I don't think that I like kind of how Ian came out with a hot take saying he could see Buffalo winning in five or six. I could see the Devils winning in five or six. They'd have, they, they'd have to come out. Oh, yeah. They'd have to come out and smack them, like smack them quick. But there, oh, I do see the, them being can. able to, which they can. Exactly. However, they just cannot be starstruck by looking across the ice and seeing Patrick Kane, Tarasenko, you know, these names that have been been done that. Oh, yeah. The the echo, they echo through halls. I mean, they're, 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 you know, they're whispered in, in, in lore of hockey legend. Okay. Like, I mean, right now. Kane's obviously future Hall of Famer going too. Like, like like, the Devils have that have playoff experience on the team besides Dougie Hamilton. No, it's just Dougie. It's, I'm 99% sure it's just Dougie. I think Vitek played in the playoffs last year for the Capitals, but besides him and Dougie, I think that's about it. I I, I don't think there's a player on the Devils that's over the age of 28 either. <laughs> that's not a bad thing. That's no. not a bad no, thing. No, we were saying. Fresh legs, man. Fresh legs. I, I could I see y'all being the next Blackhawks, honestly, but I, I don't think I could see the Devils year. winning 100%, like, especially as a Devils fan. 100% can see them winning this series, but – just percentage and odds. I'm not putting my paycheck I'm, on it. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> nah, I'm not betting money on it. <laughs> All right, so we got Carolina and the Rangers, Boston and Tampa Bay. So let's go Carolina Rangers. We'll save my Boston Tampa Bay matchup. Carolina and six. I think they're going to be motivated after last year, and they're better. Carolina in seven goes the distance, but Carolina takes it. I want to go Rangers here. I really do. I think that if they get if they get the Kane trade, but if we're going right now, I, I'm with you guys, Carolina. I think that they need Kane to put them over the top. 
to really to really make a run here. So uh, I'm with you guys, Carolina. So let's go ahead and move on. Tampa Bay, Boston. Tampa on five. You're just being spiteful now, man. That's all that is. Just, uh, <laughs> I'm not being spiteful. <laughs> my, here's my thing. I've seen this matchup now. I've seen Boston and Tampa matchup. This core for the Lightning has Boston's number. They've had their number nailed for like five, six years now. We saw it in 2018. We saw it in 2020. Tampa beat them in five both times. And they've got the same core players minus Andre Pilat. And I'd argue we have a better player in Brandon Hagel to replace Pilat. And I think... Uh, oh, that's a guy that has playoff experience yeah, on the saying, Devils. Devils. Yep, Andre Pilat. <laughs> um, but I think you have a younger, grittier player in Brandon Hagel to replace him. And Hagel was an essential piece of that team last year that took him to the final. So I'm not saying he's going to be that piece, but I just – Tampa's been there, done that. They've won it in back-to-back years recently. Boston's been there. But they didn't have to. Boston's been there in 2019, but they didn't have to go through Tampa to do it. It's kind of like back in the 90s when the the in 1999 when the Stars won the Cup. Um, there was a major asterisk because they didn't have to go through Detroit. That core for the Stars could not beat the Red Wings. 95, 98, and 2008, uh, the Red Wings beat them three times in three different series. And that was just a problem for him. And I think Boston has the same thing when it comes to this Tampa team. I mean, they've definitely had our number. I'm not going to lie. I, I, I literally always rub my eyebrows and like just drink uncontrollably amounts of alcohol uh, when I see that we're going to have to face these guys. Because like you said, it, it doesn't it, – it they shouldn't have the problems they have with them. I no, just they feel like they, they come into the game and they forget how to play hockey and it drives me absolutely crazy. <laughs> and it scares me as a as a Bruins fan, you know, because I don't like the fact that we're the best team in hockey. I don't like the fact that everyone's calling us the best team in hockey, and I and it just absolutely terrifies me every single time that I talk about it. And thank God for for, for Marchand coming out me like we don't give a shit about a President's Trophy and regular season accolades as and records. Should. We don't we don't we don't care, right? We're after one thing. So that just shows you the mindset. I think they're focused. I, I just don't know. I, it's the same thing. I don't know if anyone can beat Boston. I'm still taking the Bruins. I'm gonna I'm gonna say the Bruins in seven. I think this I think this series is gonna be the one of the few series that Boston plays in these playoffs that goes the distance. So it's going to seven, to and I got Boston in seven. Glad I get to be the tiebreaker here. So I let Joe go first. I had I, I could not go last. If you pick no, Boston, you everyone would say it was biased. So I have to pick Boston first. I have to go first. Yeah. Um, this is it's going seven. I'm gonna say oh. it right now, it's going seven. Like, there's no if and or bust, it's going seven. Um, which team takes it in the seventh game, though, is where I'm on the fence because flip a coin, man. I mean, yeah, obviously, honestly, that's what it's gonna come down to. Boston can't get by Tampa Bay, but on the other hand, this is the deepest and best, I think, Brewer team in the last five years, yeah, yeah. So, so, like, where do you meet in that of who's going to take game seven? I'm going to go with Boston. Just under sheer fact, yes. it's not the same Lightning team no, against, it's not. against a better, deeper Boston team. That's but fair. What, like I said, would if the Lightning take it, wouldn't be surprised either way. But I think, yeah. I think it's the Boston year. Boston, seven. All right. And that leads right. us to our Eastern Conference final, Boston and Carolina. Ugh. The two best teams in hockey this year facing off in an Eastern Conference final. And I said this is, and I did just say that the only game, only series that Boston would allow to go seven was against Tampa Bay. And I think that they get Carolina in six. Uh, well, I agree with you. Boston's not going to allow this to go to seven because uh, Carolina's going to win it in six. Ooh. And Ian didn't even think that Boston was making it past Tampa, so where are you at, man? <laughs> I have an argument for both teams. I could see it going either way. Because as much as Tampa's had Boston's number, Boston's had Carolina's number over for like 20 years now, minus uh, 2009 and last year. 
but this is a series I could see going either way. I could see either team sweeping them, sweeping each other. I could see either team going to seven, but I'm going to pick Carolina and six. Hey. Hey. Y'all are spiteful. Y'all are just spiteful. The the jur- the devil's around. The, the stars. Carolina around. just plays that trap too. hockey that. <laughs> <laughs> Carolina just plays that trapping style of hockey that succeeds in the playoffs, and uh, yeah. they can score three and not allow any on any given well, night. I, we've already said we just wanted to see who was going to get beat by the Eastern Conference team that made it out. So obviously, we're all sitting here thinking that Carolina beats the Kraken. Five, you got five games. Five, How many games do you think it's going to take? Seven. Seven. Oh. I'm going to split the difference. I'm going to call it six. Carolina unanimous wins it. It just depends on how quickly they do it. I'm disappointed in these guys. I don't, I don't know how they win against my Bruins. I don't get it. You know, whatever. Hey, we um, went against our own teams. You picked them through and through. Well, it's they're the best team in hockey. It's not even a biased decision, you know? I mean, come on. But, yeah, I get it. I get it. So we're going to wrap this up with some of the craziest hockey stories we could find. Obviously, <laughs> the word crazy in hockey those two words together just define the sport in general. All right. For people who don't know or don't watch hockey, it's, it's incredible. So I'm going to start with Gage. Gage, what is your crazy hockey story of the day? Um, I, I, I'm sorry. I looked for a crazy hockey story. I like I ever have ever heard. And it's yeah. rich, it's a rich Peverley dying on the stars bench. I remember oh, yeah. that. Like, he died on the bench, and then two minutes later, it's like, hey, can I go back on the ice? I remember like, watching that, that game. That is, in my lifetime, one of the craziest stories I've ever ever heard. Yeah. But it's textbook hockey. Die yeah. on the bench, be like, I'm Get good play. to play, though, right? These guys are in another level of toughness. Like, yeah, another level of toughness. And that's the kind built, of thing that's like... different. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You got to be a special kind of person to go out there with a frozen piece of rubber size like like a like that thing don't bend bro this thing's traveling like 80 miles an hour or more (laughs) smacking off boards you're running into people doing like 30 miles an hour on two blades this thick special type of person to do that all right and that i remember that too I i watched that game and I, it was absolutely incredible. And then I found out afterwards that he had asked to go back out on the ice, and it was just like <laughs> crazy. Yeah. I'm surprised, Ian, I'm surprised that wasn't your story, you being a Stars fan, but you have one too. And I actually think your story is absolutely like, as crazy as that is, Gage. You should hear Ian's story. Ian, go ahead, take it away. So I've, I've known about this story for a while. I found it on a site, it's called bladeofsteel.com. Shout out to them. Uh, it was when the Tampa Bay Lightning were technically owned by a Yakuza group. Oh, yeah. So what happened was they were the group that owned it was Lightning Partners Ltd. Um, it was run by Phil Esposito, but they were heavily backed by uh, Kokusai Green Company, whose CEO was allegedly Takashi Okubo. Uh, Okubo. So they were struggling until this guy stepped in. Um, so what happened was this guy, Okubo, was later found out to be a gangster a member of a Japanese mob organization known as Yakuza, a group that has been known to launder money through sports enterprises. Under Okubo's leadership, the Lightning were one of the worst franchises in sports and nearly went bankrupt until Bill Davidson's Remarkable Rescue. Uh Again, quoting Blade of Steel here. Shout out to them. Great article. Go check it out. But, um, yeah, I thought that was... Like, the Lightning struggled in their early years, uh, minus the Brian Bradley years. But they just... When you're that down bad for money, it's just... <laughs> it's insane. It seems like you turned to the mob, man. It's a movie, they, bro. If the Coyotes think they have it bad, just look at this. This is nothing. Jesus. I mean, the Coyotes are down bad, so it wasn't. Yeah, the Coyotes are horrible. They are literally one more financial heartache away from signing with, like, the Italian mob. <laughs> that wouldn't shock me. 
Yeah. Oh, shit. Honestly, so, more of the Mexican cartel with the border. Yeah, I mean, yeah, probably, probably. So my my story is not quite as crazy. My story is more funny. And uh, it's dealing with Chris Knuckles Nyland. Now, Nyland played for the Montreal Can- Canadiens, New York Rangers, and the Boston Bruins. He earned the nickname Knuckles for the, str- for the strong desire to throw them at people's faces. All right? This guy was a brawler. He actually accumulated a, a 3,000... In 43 penalty minutes in his career. Uh, in, in 1991, playing for the Bruins, he collected 10 separate penalties in one game. In one game. <laughs> Six minors, two majors, one misconduct, and one game misconduct, totaling 42 penalty minutes. Okay? That's not the fun part about this story. You know the kind of player you are based on what you do and what you're known for and what you choose to be known for. And Knuckles knew he was known for penalty minutes. So when the Montreal Forum was retired and they auctioned off chunks of the stadium, Knuckles bought the damn penalty box. All right? Like, legit, to to, to, to accept the fact that you were like, oh, yeah, well, I spent a lot of time there. Holds a really... Really important place in my heart. I want it in my house. <laughs> Spent a lot of time there. Second home. Fucking legend, bro. Like that. I, if I ever played professional sports in any capacity, and did, and there was something like a penalty box or something like that, I would. I would also buy <laughs> the penalty box, man. Like one hundred percent, no doubt about it. All right. That is that is God mode, like top tier level. Of something to do, and not let's just be real. Three thousand plus penalty minutes in a career—that is something that is unheard of. Yeah, I think two periods worth of yeah. penalty minutes in one game is also yeah pretty wild. <laughs> I know, <laughs> pretty up there, man. But that was yeah. that was not a crazy story. It was close. There was a, there was one other story I thought about going with, and it was actually um, on the same site. I was I, I went through Bleacher Report and I found these. These were their top ten. And these are the two I picked. It was about Phil Bubba, Bubba Bork, all right? Uh, and he uh, won the Stanley Cup in 1991 with the Pittsburgh Penguins, which is also the same year that <laughs> Knuckles had his 42 penalty minutes. <laughs> ironically. With Boston, ironically. Uh, but he had won the Stanley Cup, and he, you know how each player kind of gets to take it home and do some stuff with it, you know, and everything. Well, it was his turn. He noticed it was rattling a little bit. So he took it apart and was going to put it back together. Well, on the inside, he found some of the people who were responsible for maintaining and repairing the Stanley Cup had etched their names on the inside of the Stanley Cup, which is, you know, different from all the players having their names etched on the outside. So good old Bubba Bork decided that, you know what? He would do the same thing. And the inscription he wrote on the inside of the Stanley Cup is, enjoy it, Phil Bubba Bork, 91 Penguins. And I don't know what's crazier. The fact that he did it himself or the fact that there are people out there who've never played hockey at a professional level who have their names etched somewhere on the Stanley Cup. <laughs> I mean, you can't say if not you're not – if you have the same job and you're not doing the same thing. Oh, bro, so hard. Oh, but never, I'll just check my name is on the Stanley Cup. check under my Yeah, name, bro. Uh, yeah. maybe. Yeah. No, there's no maybe. Like, Lombardi, maybe. You know, World Series trophy, you know, NBA Finals trophy. If I'm repairing or doing anything, get any of these, these things that like get passed around a little bit and get reused. Yeah, you bet your ass. Or yeah, I'm on the inside. If you wanted to be subtle, most people that handle that stuff are stupid. So if you wanted to be subtle about it, you could put your name in like the uh, team column and so everybody could see it. Oh which, my God. Could uh, you imagine? Just like right in there, like somewhere where no one's gonna look. Like, oh, you know, like after, just, like in all the eight. <laughs> yeah, just Joe's name on like the two thousand one Patriots team. Just yeah. <laughs> no one. Who's gonna know? Who's gonna know? No one's gonna look back that far. <laughs> but that's all we got today for the crease. Obviously, we went over a lot of big stuff. We went over our playoff predictions, big trades, big injuries, and of course, our favorite, the crazy stories that we could find. Thank you for tuning in. Obviously, we want to say thank you to our affiliates. That is StubHub, SportsmanBrilly.com, 
and Fubo TV. StubHub has all the tickets you need for all of your events for as low as $6. Sportsmemorabilia.com is a place to go to get the perfect present and gift for that sports fan in your life, even if that sports fan is you. And Fubo TV is your one-stop shop for all things sports and live TV. No minimum fees, no fees hidden, and included DVR. Check out their plans. You can catch all of your live sports there that you want to watch. Be sure to like, follow, subscribe on all of our social media platforms. We just got our Facebook page up, so head over there, like, and subscribe. Some of the videos will be there. A lot of our shorts posted there, and we'll see you next time here on The Crease. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the House Call Podcast. My name is Matt. I'm here with Taylor, and we're going to discuss some of the best signings of the MLB offseason today. We're going to rank them for